We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Monday, it's August 17th, it's 2020, and we have 11 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? Oh, I'm just doing wonderful. Nice, nice weekend, but I am exhausted and ready for sleep already. Yeah, we're recording a little earlier than we normally do on Sundays. Like, luckily, we get the data a little earlier on Sundays, Sunday nights than we do the rest of the week. So, could start a little earlier today. I'm exhausted too, uh, but uh, ready to talk some baseball. Interesting slate, eleven games, lot to, lot to, lot to cover on uh, this one. This one looks uh, pretty interesting here. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely going to be a fun slate. We don't really have any true ace. On the entire slate, no one's priced over 10K over on DK, so pitching's going to be fun. Bats, there's a lot of good ones, so it's 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 going to be an interesting slate, to say the least. Well, we have an ace, but he's not over 10K, so we'll talk about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Let's see if we agree. We move on. We have 11 games to chat about here. Let's, uh, let's get started. Red Sox-Yankees, Martin Perez, Jordan Montgomery. Uh, any interest here in Martin Perez? No, nope, none whatsoever. Yankees have a 5.19 total. Perez doesn't have a good K rate. He's not that great of a pitcher. This is not that great of a ballpark, and there's no reason to use Perez at all. Yeah, you pretty much summed it up. A lot of right-handed power bats in this lineup. Perez, not a guy that's going to typically blow up by anybody. Uh, so even though the Yankees do strike out at a very high clip, um, I don't like Perez in this one. And then on the other side, Jordan Montgomery, everything we've seen so far – since he's come back from injury, 
has been really good against lefties, but he has really struggled with right-handed bats. Yeah, he's definitely struggled quite a bit with right-handed bats, and he's been good versus lefties, but it's only been 16 plate appearances. He still only has a 12.5% K rate. Overall in the season, he's about about 5x FIP. Like, in terms of how good of a pitcher he is, he might be all right. He might be league average, but he doesn't strike guys out. There's not really a ton of upside from what we've seen from him so far. And, yes, there is some Ks in this lineup, but it's not enough for me to want to go with him. So I'm not, not taking a chance with him, especially his price tag. Uh, Yankees and Red Sox both uh, top 15 in a lot of offensive categories against left-handed pitching this season. So it's a tough matchup on both sides. It's Yankee Stadium. Uh, let's talk Red Sox bats. Um, obviously, we got J.D. Martinez, Kristen Vasquez, uh, Xander Bogarts, Pilar batting leadoff. Like, there's a lot of different ways to get Red Sox exposure in this one. Yeah, no, absolutely right there with you. Um, J.D. Martinez is a fantastic play. We know how he is versus lefty. Just absolutely mashes him. Bogart, same thing. Vasquez, like all those guys are should be guys that are in your lineup here. Um, Chavez, if he ends up making the lineup, not a terrible idea either. Whoever's in here, it's none of them are bad plays. I wouldn't say this is a great stack. Like even if Montgomery gets into a little bit of trouble, the Yankees are probably going to bring out a decent bullpen arm. Um, but if I'm going to attack this game, it's going to be with JD under 5K and Bogarts under 5K, most likely. Maybe a mini stack, but most likely just one or two of those guys is one offs. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like you can make like a really nice little three man with Xander and JD and Vasquez. Um, we go to the Yankee side of things. Obviously, we need to note like Judge IL, Stanton IL, LeMahieu IL. Like, this is the same problem that's like beat this team up for years, but. Like, we still have some really strong bats in this lineup, and, like, they're not going to be as expensive as a, you know, stack here with these guys on the I.L. Yeah, no, I absolutely love this stack. It's probably going to be moderately chalky. I have to wait and see what ownership looks like tomorrow. But just looking at the numbers, it's still an absolutely fantastic stack, even without Stanton and without Judge. I know Sanchez hasn't hit the, that well this year, um, but he's still a fantastic bat. He's sitting there at 4.8K. Hicks has a bunch of power. Voight has a bunch of power. Ursula, Torres, like, or is on the IR. Is he on the IR? Nope. No. 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 It's hard to keep track of him. Um, it was LeMahieu, lot- yeah. LeMahieu, that was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lots of power bats here. Perez walking a ton of guys, which means more guys are going to be on base. He's not striking out a ton of guys. Not giving up a huge amount of fly balls or hard contact, but most of the power bats in this lineup are pretty good fly ball and hard contact guys. So if I'm going to target anyone in this lineup, it's probably going to be Predominantly Voight, Ursula, Torres, and uh, Hicks, and Sanchez. But I, I don't have a problem throwing anyone in there because uh, eh, Perez just isn't that great of a pitcher, and they have a massive team total. All Clint Frazier has done since he got called up is hit. So, you know, if he draws a decent lineup spot, I definitely want to look at Frazier too. Like, seven for 11 in three games uh, with two home runs and eight RBIs. So, um, has some, he has more RBIs than a lot of guys that have been playing all season. So, um, Frazier has been crushing the ball. Uh, we move on here. We got the Mets and the Marlins, uh, Gesellman against Yamamoto. Um, any interest here in the Gassel? I think he's just going to be opening from what I saw. Um, similar to what he did last time. Looks like it's going to be, who is it? Um, it's Colome. I don't have interest in either of them. Like, even if Selman wasn't an opener, just an opener, I wouldn't go with him. So I'm just out on the entire Mets pitching situation. 
Yeah, Clo- I guess it's Clomy. Um, I don't know. Franklin Clomy is going to be the long guy here. Pitched earlier this season against the Braves uh, through four innings out of relief and through 63 pitches. Um, really, I just don't – I'm with you. I don't have a ton of interest in the Mets pitchers here. Um, slight interest in Yamamoto. He's 6,600 going up against the Mets. He hasn't pitched well yet this season, but this game's in Miami. The roof should be closed. It's super hot in Florida. I highly doubt that, like, they'll have the roof open here. Do you have any interest here in Yamamoto? I have a little bit, but not a lot. Um, like, the main the- – the main thing is over on DK is 6.6K. Like, yep. yes, he seemed like he was a fraud last year, and yes, it's looking like he actually is what we thought he was last year, right. not what he turned out to be. Um, but 6.6K pitching over in Miami, like, that's a big thing. The main thing is he's a lot of 50% hard contact rate since he's been in the league, and this year it's up closer to 60%. So he's been giving up a ton of hard contact, a ton of fly balls, not a massive sample size, and I don't really expect many guys who have a 25% K rate to keep at a 60% hard contact rate. But even if it's lower, like, yes, there's some power bats, but you're just looking at the price tag here. You're looking at the Ks and you kind of, and the lack of walks and you kind of just realize like, yes, there's enough Ks in this lineup where he can end up doing some damage from a fantasy perspective, or he could end up getting blown up. I will definitely have a decent amount of shares in Yamamoto, but if it's looking like he's going to be chalky, I'll also have Mets bats, but he's just strictly from an upside per dollar on a slate where we don't have a ton of great pitchers on the low end. He's a fantastic play for that perspective. You could do a lot worse, but, you know, you could do a lot better in some areas. But, um, you know, it, it's a price SP2 type of thing. Um, he's in play. Uh, but I also like the Mets bats. Like, if you're not playing Yamamoto, like, you know, like you said, he, he looked like a fraud so much on paper last season. And, like, we're finally getting that, you know, 6 xFIP, um, just struggling to both sides of the plate so far this year. But – they also had to sit a while too. Like they were out, what over a week, right? Um, so like they got ramped up. They sat a week. Like it, you know, I don't. I, I feel like we're starting to finally see the Phillies start hitting the ball. So you know, uh, it's tough. But yeah, like looking at the bats here, Grant, like Conforto, Alonzo, Smith, McNeil, JD Davis is in there. Like this is a definitely a secondary stack that I'll be considering. And then like if this game wasn't in Miami, I'd have a I'd have a lot of interest in this spot. Yeah, that's that's the main thing. It's in Miami, so like I'm a little bit worried. Yamamoto isn't he seems to have a little bit more control this year than he did last year. Obviously it's a small enough sample size where we don't think that it's true that he's gonna be a five percent walk rate pitcher, but he might have improved a little bit on his control over last year since it was his first season. But there's just enough power in this lineup where like, yeah, Conforto, McNeil, Nimmo, Alonzo, Smith, all those guys can absolutely hit the ball, the ballpark. Like, it's not like it's impossible to put up eight-plus runs in Miami. I mean, the Marlins did it three days ago. Like, it can absolutely happen. Just home runs are less likely. If I get news that the Dome's going to be open, which I doubt I will, um, then just stack up the Mets a ton. But as of right now, uh, I do like the Mets, but I'm predominantly going to be lower stacking it, hoping I get one or two of those home runs that's probably going to happen in this game. Uh, the Marlins side of things here. Do you have any interest in the Marlins? Um, no, just, just no. It's it's not a bad matchup, like, but it's still the Marlins in Miami, and it's an eleven game slate on a smaller slate. It's definitely worth it. Or if it's going up against some worse pitchers, but they have a four point two run total. No one's really that cheap. All of them are decently priced. Like 
Brian Anderson, Aguilar, and VR are all 4-2, 4-3K. But it just doesn't really seem like it's worth it to me here. So I'm, I'm, I'm probably out on the Marlins. I don't ever hate playing VR um, at shortstop. Like, he's a guy that bats leadoff. He's likely going to get four at-bats. Um, some games he'll get five at-bats. And, like, he just – he does enough. He gives you stolen base upside. Um, so, he's always someone that I think you can consider. And Jesus Aguilar is hitting the ball really well to start the season. But, again, this game's in Miami. So, you know, you got to temper your expectations a little bit. Uh, Washington at Atlanta. Anibal Sanchez, Tuki Toussaint. Um, any interest here in Sanchez? Now nah, it's going up against Atlanta, and even though they don't have all their major bats in it, Sanchez has been just awful this season, giving up boatloads of fly balls, hard contact, not striking out guys, been a little bit wild. Like he, he, he's he's well past his prime here, and just this is not a easy matchup. There's a five point five run total against him. I I have no interest in using Sanchez. Yeah, Braves ranked second in WOBA and third in WRC plus against right handed pitching this season. Uh, even though they're striking out more this year, like Sanchez isn't like a overpowering strikeout guy. So um, I don't really have a ton of interest in, in Sanchez in this spot. Uh, Tuki Toussaint, like you look at the bottom of the Washington order and you get excited about playing a guy that has some strikeout ability like Toussaint, but you look at the top of the order and like it's still a little scary. Yeah, Toussaint, one of those guys, like he's definitely got his control a little bit more um, underway this year. Like he's striking out a ton of guys and I really want to stack up the nationals. But yeah, when you look at the bottom of this lineup, you see Toussaint's uh, stuff and his K rate and like, you got to have some interest in him. 7.7 K 30% K rate so far on the season, a little bit splits neutral, even though his numbers in the past kind of point towards something different. He is really a splits neutral pitcher. So I'm not really worried about lefties or righties. And there's just a ton of strikeouts here at the bottom of the lineup. I I will be using quite a bit of him. I might have one hedge Washington stack just because he does give up a decent amount of hard contact and he can get a little wild, but it, it it's like he he's just going to end up with he may end up with nine Ks and five earned runs, which is still good enough for me. Um, yeah, like at seventy seven hundred, um, he's someone that I'm super like interested in on the slate for tournaments. Like, he could get rocked, and like you know you have to understand like the risk of playing Tuki Chasant, but like the strikeout upside, and if he's not walking guys, like. He's a guy that can put up over 20 fantasy points. So, like, I have interest on a day that we don't have a ton of guys that are like that. So, uh, Washington Bats, uh, what do you like here for Washington? Soto. I love Soto here. I know he's expensive at 5.6K, but like I said, Sonic gives up a lot of hard contact. Turner's definitely a guy that I'm going to be looking at. Eaton is only 2.6K if he's in the lineup there. Like, it just seems silly to me. Um, so, Eaton's definitely a guy that, is probably going to find his way into a few of my builds. And then it's mostly low strikeout guys. So Howie Kendrick, if he's in the lineup tomorrow, uh, definitely a guy that I'm going to be looking at. And Estrubal Cabrera, I'm not – if I'm rounding out a stack, I'll throw him in there. But it's predominantly Soto, Kendrick, Eaton, and Turner are the guys that have done thrown his stack. He's going to be like the cash game chalky option, right? Like he's just so he's cheap. Like be, tra- like – like Travis Darno, like on the other side too. If like he cracks the lineup, like both of these guys are going to be um, pretty popular. But 
Um, Atlanta, I already kind of talked about Darno. Like, if he bats second, he's in the lineup here for Atlanta. Uh, 2,500 for a catcher that's hitting second is fantastic against a guy like Sanchez who gives up a ton of fly balls um, and hard contact. Like, I think I, I think you could look at potentially stacking like a three-man here, like Darno, Freeman, Ozuna. What are your thoughts on the Braves? I think you can go full stack. Um, yeah, I think so too. Like he's so Sanchez good. just is not good this year. Like 50% hard hit rate, not striking guys. He has a 6.77 XFIP. Like he's not done well this year. Like any of the guys in the lineup, I am fully on board with. Like if Duvall's in the lineup there, he's still got some power. He hasn't played great this year, but the dude definitely still has power. And he's sitting there at 3.7K. I really like this stack. I don't care who you throw in there. Like, any one of these guys can take Sanchez deep. And one of the biggest worries with a guy like Duvall or Riley, like, they hit the ball hard, but they strike out a ton. And Sanchez just really isn't a guy that strikes out guys at a high clip. So, I really like this stack. Like, Atlanta's one of the top stacks on the entire slate. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, Moving on, we got the Blue Jays and the Orioles. Uh, Hijin Ryu against uh, Alex Cobb. Any interest in uh, Ryu here? Yeah, he's the top arm on the slate. Like, going up against Baltimore, like, he's walked guys at a slightly higher clip this year and hasn't quite been the same pitcher he was last year, but no one in this lineup really walks at a big clip. So, there's strikeouts in this lineup. There's not a lot of walks. Like, he should get up to 85 to 90 pitches, which is enough for me, even at his price tag. Like, there's definitely some upside. It's not a great ballpark, but not any good hitters. So I really, really like Ryu. He's probably going to be one of the highest owned pitchers on the slate. Oh man. I have such mixed feelings on him. Like I, I feel like a lot of what you said is right. Um, by every aspect that you said it. Um, but like, I'm a little concerned. Like I was a little concerned to play Corbin against this team. Like Baltimore hits left-handers like Alberto, Nunez, Severino, um, Iglesias, Santander. Like these guys hit left-handed pitching. So like it worries me, but the bottom of the order is just so bad. So like he could give up a couple runs in this game and still have seven, eight strikeouts. Um, And on a slate like this, that's enough. Um, So I think he is very much in play here against Baltimore. Um, I'm a little concerned, but not enough to to not play him here. And the run support should be great because Alex Cobb is not good on the other side. No, he's definitely not. And I will likely not be using him at all because he's 7.3K. That doesn't make sense to me, especially going up against Toronto. I get their strikeouts in this lineup, but I'm not using Alex Cobb. Uh, let's talk about uh, the Toronto Blue Jays' bats. Um Bobachet going to the IL, like he's going to be out here. Um, like it could be Joe Panic, I guess, could be like the everyday starter here. Um, he's back in our lives, but like Biggio, Vlad, Hernandez, Gariel, um, Grichik, Shaw, like, you know, Tellis, like, uh, I'll play everybody on Toronto against the dude that gives up a ton of home runs. Yeah, yeah, no, and all, the nice part about all these Toronto bats are, like, Cobb, even though he's not good, like, he has induced a decent amount of ground balls of saying over 50% rate since the beginning of last season. But you look at the Blue Jays lineup, and everyone outside of Vlad, who can hit anyone out of the ballpark, has over a 50% fly ball rate, so or over a 40% fly ball rate. 
So all these guys know how to get the ball in the air. All those guys know how to hit the ball hard. So I'm using Tiasker. I'm using Shaw. I'm using Bridger, Biggio, Guriel, Guerrero. I'm using all of Tells pops in the lineup there. He's sitting at 3.4K. But I, I just – I love all these bats here. Um, Any Baltimore bats? Nope. Like, if you're not playing Ryu, I think you could take one-offs or two-man stack of Alberto and Nunez. They they hit left-hand pitching really well. So, um, Royals and Twins, Chris um, Bibic against uh, Matt Whistler, but he's supposed to open, right? Like, it's not going to be like a yeah, first start for him. Yeah, he's the opener. And... For Smeltzer, I think. Yeah, yeah Smeltzer is the main guy. Um, Any interest here in Chris uh, Bibic? Bibic? Bubik. Bubik. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's not a guy I'm going to use today. And strictly the matchup, like, I don't want to use a lefty going up against Minnesota. It's just never a good decision. Um, not a ton of Ks in this lineup. There are, there's Cavins now, but that's pretty much it. And there's a ton of power here. He's been giving up a decent amount of hard contact. He's looking like he's, if you just look at his numbers, he looks like he's a reverse splits guy, um, which makes slight sense because he's a changeup pitcher but like he's still not great to either side of the plate he's gonna get crushed here so i have no interest in him at all yeah like some of his stats um are in, in the positive right like his xfip way better than his era um good strikeout rate high ground ball rate but just you gotta you gotta respect the matchup you know you have garver you have cruz sano gonzalez like a bunch of these guys can hit left-handed pitching buxton's been hitting the ball this year so like you just gotta you gotta respect the matchup and then on the other side like whistler smeltzer um you you don't know like how deep smeltzer's gonna go he hasn't thrown more than 62 pitches this season whistler is 6500 uh, as an opener like i'm just gonna pass on this whole pitching situation yeah i agree like this is not a good – this is not one of those good scenarios for opener, long relief guy. Uh, any interest in the Kansas City bats? I mean, I have a slight amount of interest in some of the main bats here. Soler can obviously take it out of the ballpark. Same with Dozier. Dozier's way too cheap at 3.5K. Like, I don't understand that price tag at all. Smeltzer gives up a good amount of hard contact to righties, sitting at over 44% rate since the beginning of last season. But it's probably just those two bats, and Wit is always in play, but 5.4K, just not worth it. So it's going to be Dozier and Slayer one-offs for me. Yeah, those are the two guys that I really like. Um, I don't mind, like, if Perez ends up sitting, um, I don't mind Franco at 3,600 if he draws a better, like, lineup spot. Um, but we don't really know, like, who will be catching um, for Kansas City. I guess it might be, like, Gallagher or somebody. Um he just got activated from the COVID list. So, like, if he catches, he's 2.3K um, facing a lefty. So, he's in play. Um, Minnesota bats, listen, it's Nelson Cruz against the lefty. Um, you know, he's one of the best hitters in baseball against left-handed pitching. He's always a top option when he's facing a lefty. Uh, what else do you have for me here on Minnesota? Uh, yeah, Garver. Cruz, both very much in play. Two of the better bats on the entire slate. We know what they do against left-handed pitching. Like I said, Bubik might be a little bit reverse splitsy, but also might be a bit splits neutral. So, like, Rosario, I really don't hate throwing into the lineup. Cave, Sano, like any of the power bats going up against a guy that 
has given up a lot of hard contact so far in the league and looks like he probably will continue to do that because he's only got three pitches. So uh, if they make contact on his fastball, they can easily take it yard. Um, so, yeah, pretty much like any of the power bats in this lineup, I'm more than happy with. And obviously a full stack and full board for all right, uh, moving on. We got the Tigers and the White Sox. Matt Boyd, Gio Gonzalez. Um, Matt Boyd does not miss a bat this season. Uh, and I mean that in the utmost respect, but, like, he just hasn't missed a bat this season. Um, it's been a rough start to the year. He just got pounded by this team, gave up seven earned runs in four and two-thirds uh, last week. So, like, I, I, I respect the talent of Matt Boyd, but, like, his strikeout rate is way down. His XFIP is way up. His power numbers are way up. Like, outside of a swinging strike rate still being super respectable at 11.3%, but it's still down so much. Like, I can't do it, Grant. Like, I'm looking at a guy that – I don't see anything that's, like, scaring me off of him, but, like – He's only throwing about one mile an hour lower. He's just not – he's not missing bats. Yeah, yeah, no. Like, he's definitely not looking like the same pitcher he was last year when he was just dominant. Um, Only an 18% K rate, which doesn't really make make too much sense considering his swing strike rate. Um, Realistically, it's his slider. Like, his slider is his main pitch. Like, it was filthy last year, and it just has not been the same. Like, maybe he's tipping his pitches – like, that would probably explain it a little bit because his slider was so good last year, and now it's getting hit. Like, he's giving up a 626 CX Woba with a slider, and he's not getting a whole nearly as much as whiffs as he was last season. There is a lot of strikeouts in this lineup, especially a lot of strikeouts versus lefties. Um, but the price tag is just ridiculous to me. So I'm not going to pay 8.9K for him when there's two other guys that are either slightly more expensive or way cheaper. Yeah, and then, like, Gio on the other side, like, Gio, like, this lineup doesn't scare me. Gio Gonzalez scares me. Um, yeah. <laughs> he, he He's only broke um, 80 pitches one time this season. He threw 72 pitches against this team last time out, like, his highest point day is 15 and a half. Like the matchup on paper is fantastic. Like this team is, is not good. The lineup stinks. Um, but like, I just, I can't trust Gio Gonzalez. I can't trust him and I can't get over his 15% carry of this season. Like even up against a not very good Detroit team, I'm not paying 7.7 K for him when I can get pretty much the exact same pitcher in a slightly tougher matchup in a better ballpark in Yamamoto for 1100 cheaper. Like, there's no point to go with Gio on this slate. Even if he does well, then, yeah, doesn't even matter. Like, his doing well is going to be not enough to get you there. Yeah, let's talk bats here. Um, obviously, CJ Crone out. Uh, Goodrum is banged up. Garcia is on the IL now, um, you know, with a thumb injury. Um, going to be out a while, like – um, Garcia's on the other team. That's my bad. Um, but like, just looking at Detroit overall here, like Jonathan Scope maybe one off, Castro one off. Like, I, I don't know if I necessarily want to stack the spot because there's just not a ton of upside. Yeah, like it's it's Scope maybe Miggy if I need to save some money, but that's really it. Like, let Brandon Dixon crack the lineup. I mean, maybe I'll take a shot on him. But 
Yeah, I just I can't do it. Um, Chicago, I kind of like the White Sox here, Grant. Talk me off of the White Sox in the spot. Why would I do that? Matt Boyd can't strike a guy out, and he's giving up a lot of hard contact this year. 48% on the season. He has a 333 ISO to righties so far on the season, a 472 Woba. The Sox are actually my favorite stack on the entire slate. They're going to go slightly under-owned because, one, they strike out a lot, and two, Boyd like was good last year. Maybe he figures it out. Who knows? Or If they're going to be heavily owned, then it might sway my decision. But as of right now, there's a lot of bats that hit the ball super hard and can do some damage. So, yeah, Jimenez, Roberts, Encarnacion, Abreu, Grandal, Moncada, even Tim Anderson, all very much in play, all guys that I will absolutely use. Yeah, I don't really have a, a lot to add um, on top of that. So uh, we move on to the Padres and the Rangers. Um, I got to refresh my page. I did not have the starters. It's Zach Davies and Jordan Lyles, right? Um, mm-hmm. Any interest here in Zach Davies? No, just, just no. Like, I'm not paying 8.2K for him. Yeah, like he's been super decent to start the season, pitched really well against the Dodgers last time out. Uh, didn't have like a monster fantasy day, but just pitched well um, in that start. Has gone over 18 DraftKings points in, you know, three or four starts this season. Texas has um, definitely been struggling against right handed pitching for some odd reason um, to start the season. They're, you know, second in WRC plus, but they're still not striking out a ton. So um, for me, I'm going to, I'm going to pass. Um, do you have any interest in Lyles on the other side? Nope. Padres are going to crush him. He's not been good. He's not been good this season. And he walks a lot of guys, and there are a few guys that really know how to work the count. So he's not going to go deep. He doesn't have a ton of K upside. He's going to get destroyed. Yeah, like, I don't know. Um, I don't love his spot. I do think that, like, there's enough strikeout upside here to look at him maybe in large field tournaments, but I, I just I can't do it. Um, let's talk bats. Let's talk Padres first. Uh, what do you like here for San Diego? Tatis Machado, fantastic plays, as they pretty much always are. They're just tearing the cover off the ball so far this season, and they're going to continue to do that. They're fantastic hitters. Myers probably a little bit too cheap if he's in the lineup there at four point one k. Fam, great guy to throw in there. Grisham is got the platoon split, and he's three point six k. Way too cheap there. Cronenworth still at 3K, still hitting the ball very, very well. Like, hopefully, I'm hoping that he's further down the lineup because they're the road team and um, he's going to draw less ownership if he's further down the lineup. Be on the lookout. Like, I don't know if I'll have the dome open today. I never know. I don't generally announce it too early. Um, but if the dome's open, that gets a big bump to him and you need to hammer the over on that game. Uh, the Texas side of things here, you know, I think you can always look at Joey Gallo in tournaments, even though he's just strikeout, really high, heavy strikeout guy. Like Zach Davies since the start of last season, under a 14% K rate against left-handed um, hitters. So like Gallo, um, Calhoun, um, Chu, like I, I could see playing a couple of these Texas Rangers bats. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, those guys and then Dietrich, if he's in the lineup. Not a bad idea. Like, just throw the lefties in there because since the beginning of last season, 40% fly ball rate to lefties and, like you said, a 13.8% K rate. Just doesn't strike them out, and you worry about strikeouts with a few of these guys. So any of the lefties in this lineup, 
throw them in there. And like, if you really want to round out a stack, you can, I don't know, Solak or eh, probably just Solak. But I'm, I'm planning on just pounding the lefties into my lineups. Um, all right. Moving on here. Uh, we got the Rockies and the Astros. Bielek against Freeland. Um, any interest here in Freeland? If it weren't the Astros, like he's pitched pretty well this season. Like he's what, got a 2 3 ERA. Um, so he's obviously a guy that two years ago was fantastic. Last year regressed a lot. It's a lefty going up against the Astros, which is never really a great idea. So I could see playing him at 6.9K, but probably no go for me. Yeah, I'm going to probably pass just because, like, the Astros, they just don't strike out against left-handed pitching. They realistically can throw, you know, six, seven, eight righties against you. Uh, So – the overall upside is typically pretty limited um, with left-handed pitchers against the Astros. And then Brendan Belak on the other side here, 82 and 84 pitches in his last two starts, really just hasn't shown, like, big-time strikeout upside yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Rockies, obviously, worst team at home, but they played pretty well this year. I'm not using Belak at 7.4K. Yeah, like, his – his ERA is 1.76 and his XFIP is over four. So like there's some, there's some regression coming for a guy that has a strikeout rate. That's really low and a high walk rate. So um, is there any of these Rockies bats that you like? No, they're still priced for Coors. Like I'm not paying 5.4 K for Arnaud or 5.8 K for Blackman or 5.3 K for story. No, just like the pricing's bad. Yeah, I don't mind like Dahl. Um, like his price is is definitely fair at forty four hundred, but like he's yet to hit a home run this season. Like he is an ice cold Rockies bat. Um, just the mountains are blue on his bat right now. So, um, Astros, like man, oh man, like you look at the Astros, you look at their numbers against left handed pitching, like you get a little excited, right? Like you know Springer, Bregman, Gariel, Correa, Altuve. Uh, Molinado, like almost all these guys have ISOs over 200 against left-handed pitching. Yeah, I mean, they're all good bats. Like, Freeland's just decent ground ball pitcher. Like, again, like I said, he's pitched really well this season. Like, he just had a horrible season last season. Yes, he has a 4.48 XFIP, but he's just such an agree- or extreme ground ball guy. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that he was placing Coors, so this is obviously on the road. I think last year and the year before was an aberration. He's somewhere in the middle. Um, but he's a decent enough ground ball pitcher where if I'm going to go with anyone, it's probably going to be the uh, main fly ball guy and Bregman is the guy I'll go with. But I, I never hate an Astro stack. I think one of those teams that just, you know, can go absolute ham. So um, up next, we got the Giants and the Angels. Uh, Griffin Canning against Tyler uh, Anderson. Um, any interest here? In um, Anderson, I was looking at a different game. Uh, no, not really. Um, like the Angels don't strike out at a massive clip, they got some decent bats, but currently don't have a total on this game, which wondering why. Um, but like Anderson, he's probably not going to go that late into the game. 
It's not a huge upside matchup. He's sitting there right near Yamamoto in the price tag. I could see pivoting off him, but he got to 80 pitches his last outing. I don't know if he's going much higher than that. He might be a little bit more stretched out now after his last few outings. So I, I just don't really want to use him. He's not that great of a pitcher. Um, what's your interest level here on uh, Canning on the other side? Again, San Francisco just doesn't strike out a ton. Canning hasn't played great so far this season. And he's 8.2K. Like, I'd rather get up to Gallon. I'd rather get up to Ryu. So, I, I, I think Cannon's going to miss the – he can have a decent outing. But I think he's going to miss the cut here. He hasn't been striking guy, out guys at a massive clip like we thought he might in the past. But I'm, I just don't want to pay 8.2K for him. Yeah, like he's like one of those guys where like maybe he's in play because of the slate of pitchers, and then like you start digging into the numbers and you don't love the matchup. Um, I'm not going to instantly cross him off. I want to dig into the matchup a little bit more on Canning because he's a guy that sits around like a 24% K rate, and uh, we don't have a ton of those guys on this type of slate. So um, let's talk bats here. You know, what's what's kind of standing out to you on the Giants? Yaz, but he's too expensive. Belt is too cheap. Probably mostly Belt. Like, I don't hate stacking them up because, like, outside of Yaz and Solano, everyone's under 4K. Sandoval's under 3K. Like, I know they're not great bats, but this is, as Blender would say, a vomit stack. Um, like, I don't I, – they've had random games where they'll go off for big runs. So, like, if I'm going to target guys in here, it's probably going to be Sandoval. Belt and Dickerson and then throwing Yaz if I really want to finish out my stack because no one's going to play him at 5.3K. But those are definitely the bats I'm targeting. You know, when you look at the other side of this game, the Angels side, obviously you have Trout and Rendon, two guys that are known lefty mashers. Uh, They're super expensive, though. Like, you're really paying up for those guys. But, like, outside of those two guys, the rest of the stack is, you know, super cheap. You know, Justin Upton's cheap. um, Stassi's cheap. Um, Joe Adele is cheap. So like, you know, if you do want to stack the angels or even make like a, a four man, like there's plenty of cheap pieces to do it. Yeah. I don't hate throwing Otani in there if he's in the lineup. Yep. Like I know it's lefty lefty, but dude still hits the ball hard. So, uh, but yeah, right there with you trout on the top plate overall plays on the entire slate. He's just 6.1 K is ridiculous, but it's still worth it. Um, Rendon. Yeah. Well, all, pretty much all the guys you mentioned are the ones that, I would plan on using, and I don't mind. I mean, you just do a three-man stack and then double. Like, this wouldn't be a horrible game stack. Go with Trout, Rendon, on, and Otani on one side or Upton, and then full stack the Giants and hope that it's just a high-scoring game. Um. All right, moving on. We got Seattle, Adelaide taking on the Dodgers, stripling against Justin Dunn. Um, any interest in Justin Dunn? Against the Dodgers with a six-run total? Absolutely not. Yeah, like if he pitches well on this one, I'm going to lose money. Um, that's for sure. Uh, stripling on the other side, like not the worst, but not the best start to the season for Stripling. He's been okay. He really hasn't had like a dominant game. We know the strikeout upside. Anytime you face, um, you know, the Seattle Mariners, um, 7,900 I think is super fair for Stripling on this slate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like. Yeah, you're right. He hasn't had a great game, like, outside of the first start going up against San Fran. He's gotten up to 90 pitches, which bodes well for him in this matchup. 
given up some home runs, but there's not a ton of home runs in the Seattle lineup. Stripling, like if I'm in the 7K range, he's probably my favorite pitcher because he also has a ton of win equity going up against the Mariners. Um, yeah. Is there any of the Seattle bats that you like? I mean, not really. Like, the main thing is Nola, Vogelbach are both cheap. Like, they're both super cheap. 3.3K, 2.9K. Like, if it's looking like Stripling is going to be chalky, just strictly because of pricing, it's the same thing with San Francisco, although I prefer Seattle to San Francisco. Like, I wouldn't mind stacking them up just because they're the amount of power you get with Vogelbach at his 2.9K price tag is probably a bit too much, even against a decent pitcher like Stripling in a decent bullpen like the Dodgers. But it's going to be 85 out there tomorrow. So I, I, like, I would mostly go with Nola and Vogelbach. But if you want to mini stack it or full stack it, if Stripling's going to come into a large amount of ownership, like I'm, I'm having a tough time figuring out like who's going to draw the ownership on this slate or more how much ownership is Stripling and Yamamoto going to draw because of the price tag for Yamamoto and the matchup for Stripling? Like, if it's looking like 40% ownership on Stripling, absolutely do the game theory stack of the Mariners. Yeah, um, I get it. Like, there, there's, like, the guys you want are all under 4K. Uh, like, everybody's under 4K. Like, you know, Seeger, Moore, Lewis, Nola, Vogelbach. Like, if you really want to stack Seattle – uh, like you mentioned, like our boy, our boy Blender likes to say, like it's a legit vomit stack. Like you could do anything you want with the rest of your team if you stack this team, and you fill a lot of different positions because you got a catcher, um, you know, third base, shortstop, stuff like that. So I, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. I love the Dodgers. Uh, shocker, Grant. Like I love the Dodgers here. Like this spot just seems like a dream spot for the Dodgers going up against, um, you know, Justin Dunn. You got to unmute your mic. Dunn, who has a 7X FIP on the year, and the Seattle bullpen, which is the worst bullpen in baseball. Yeah. Play all the Dodgers. Play literally all of them. Every single one of them. Anyone who's in the lineup, throw them into your lineup. Outside of Mookie in Bellinger, no one's expensive enough. Just play them all. Like Pollock is going to be a cash game lock here. I'm going to try and get up to bets. I'm going to try and get up to belly. Like I'm going to play a lot of these guys right there with you, buddy, right there with you. Love the Dodgers here. Um, but like, I know it seems like I say that all the time, but there's such a good offense. All right, let's finish it out. Oakland at Arizona. Um, Bassett against Zach Gollin. Sorry. Um, any interest here in uh, Bassett? Not really like his price tag. I'd rather just go with Ryu. Um, they're both the exact same here. Bassett going up against a Arizona lineup that isn't really bad. He doesn't have great K stuff. He's been really consistent throughout the course of the season here. Has only had one bad start and putting up 20 fantasy points on the reg. It's in Arizona. Like I, I'm more interested to see if the dome is going to be open or not. We should get info on that before the day starts. Like, if the dome's open, then zero interest in Bassett. If the dome's closed, then probably very little interest in Bassett. That's kind of right where I'm at. Um, Zach Gollin on the other side, any interest in him? A bit. Like, he's sitting there at 8.8K. Like, guy's got good strikeout stuff so far in the bigs and 
pitched very well this season. Um, 30% K rate going up against an Oakland team that there are some definite strikeouts in. There's some power, and he can definitely get into some trouble here. But on the season, 3.43 XFIP. Again, this all depends on if the Dome's going to be open or not. If the Dome's open, very little interest in Gallon. If the Dome's closed, a ton of interest in Gallon because the strikeout upside is absolutely there. Listen, he's he's my he's my favorite play. <laughs> uh, he's 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 my guy. Like I feel like Miami was dumb to get rid of him, and like he's been pitching great, and like hasn't had like a good matchup. Like look at his matchups in in Colorado against Houston, against the Dodgers, against San Diego. Like this is like one of the better matchups that like he has had. So um, I like Zach Gollin a lot here. Um, I don't have any interest in the Oakland bats whatsoever. I mean, I would have a little bit of interest in Matt Olson if he weren't 5.1 K or Chapman, if he weren't 5.3 K, but the prices on those guys and Simeon just make it not worth it. Like, Again, if the dome's open, I'll probably have a Oakland stack. But if the dome's closed, I'm I'm full on off of Oakland. Yeah, Bassett doesn't um, strike out righties at a high clip because of a lot of hard contact and fly balls. Uh, do you have any interest here in Arizona? Again, depends on the dome. Like their price tags are a lot more palatable. Um, so if the dome's going to be open, then I will stack up. The Diamondbacks, I will play a decent amount of Walker. I will play a decent amount of Marte and Marte. Um, I will probably play a bit of Esquire and Calhoun. But it's if the Dome's closed, I'm just fully off this game outside of Gallon. Sure, the regular season is fun and all, but only one thing can compare to the excitement of the playoffs, and that is DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. Both basketball and hockey have entered their respective playoffs, and DraftKings is putting you in the center of the action. With millions in prizes throughout the week, there's no better place to make it rain. Start playing for free with your first deposit today. If you haven't tried it yet, daily fantasy sports are easy to play. Just draft your players, stand under the salary cap, and pile up points based on your players' performance. There's no better way to put your sports knowledge to the test than to compete for millions of dollars in prizes throughout the week. But if daily fantasy isn't for you, DraftKings just launched Best Ball Contest for football season. If you aren't familiar with Best Ball, simply head to the app and check it out. Download the DraftKings app and use promo code GRIND to play free with your first deposit today. Compete for millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs this week. That's promo code GRIND to get a shot at millions of dollars in prizes all week long, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Uh, Grant, let's play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here. Give me a guy under 8K to get six or more strikeouts on this slate. Yamamoto. The Moto. Yamamoto. Um, there was somebody that I liked. Oh, Tuki Desan. Uh, give me a guy over 8K to score under 15. Boyd. Yeah, I like that one. Um, I'd say Davies um, if he's not pitching well. Uh, over 4K to hit a home run. We don't have cores, so you can pick anybody you want. I can have anyone I want. Um, let's see. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Abreu. Actually, sorry, Moncada. All right. 
Um, let's see. Give me uh, Biggio. Uh, over under 4K to get two hits. Uh, give me a guy that's cheap that's going to get two hits for you on the slate. Edwin. Is he really that cheap? Three point nine. That is fantastic. That's why I went with Moncada because I want, didn't want to use two first basemen. Yeah, I like it. Um, you answered really fast. So I was not ready for this. Um, <laughs> you know what? Give me Gresham. 3.6K. I like that price. Uh, give me a stack to score six or more runs. You know the answer. The White Sox. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that is the answer. I figured you like every answer was the White Sox. Um, I don't want to say the Dodgers. I feel like that's way too easy. Um, give me the Atlanta Braves to score six or more runs today. Uh, great. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Double stack the White Sox and the Dodgers. Um, check for ownership tomorrow. If Stripling is going to be high owned, do a leverage stack with the Mariners. Uh, and, yeah, keep an eye on those domes if they're open or not because who knows – they open them for no apparent reason nowadays, and I don't with all the fan stuff, and it's super annoying. Uh, that is true. So, all right, well, that's going to get us out of here. Um, you guys will see me later today on uh, Grinders Live for the show. So, um, yeah, that's going to wrap it up. Appreciate everyone um, hanging out, listening to the podcast. Uh, good luck in your contests, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Hey, kids. <laughs>